Into the Garden podcast, the dawn and break of a new day, a new beginning, a turning point, a new importance, a new possibility to say, oh taste and say how good and how gracious the Lord has been to you and to me. We welcome the break of newness, of freshness, the breakthrough, the breakthrough, the splendour of fragrance, that aroma that speaks and gives off an anointing sweet essence, you say. A sweet is the promise that God will never leave nor forsake thee. Join me on into the garden. Thank you for joining me. What should have been Super Soulful Sunday. And all thanks to load shedding. It kind of shifts things around, you know, uh, a bit. Challenges you and me. But through it all, we are here today, giving God all the glory for our determination, our consistency. Oh yes, through these trying times you see. So if you're not too busy, connect with us joyfully in the peaceful garden of serenity, in the garden of endless opportunities, in the garden, the God-like presence that you Oh, I seek in the garden of peace, tranquility, serenity, and allowing God to work for you and me. You know, in the garden that is your and my secret place where you get to sit, meet, connect, catch up with God, your and my trusted friend, loyal friend, with a hug. And a soulful great. So, if you're not too busy, then join Elder Angela Morris and me, your host, Salome Jacobs, for another soulful edition. On a late, but rather late than never, super soulful Sunday on a wet, chilly, and rainy Wednesday. You know, Elder Angela shares, worry about nothing, pray about everything. Well, if you ask me, this word is just on time, right on time, even for me, especially for me. With our up and coming workshop on trauma, you see, for you and I can only do so much and we can ask and plan but it is God who works in the hearts of man so without 
hesitation and without any reservation, join us as we leave everything to God when we let go of worry but rely on Him instead of man. Angela Morris, and welcome to Into the Garden podcast. During my morning devotion, my time with the Lord, I read an article by Rick Warren that I just love dearly. And the name of that article was Worry About Nothing, Pray About Everything. Isn't that something? Worry About Nothing, Pray About Everything. And in it, Rick uh, Warren writes about something that happened, I, you know, when he was a little boy, he says that anytime he needed something when he was a kid, he'd always talk to his dad. And sometimes, you know, he said he would need, you know, expensive things, but not once did he even worry about where his father was going to get the money for whatever he needed. That's how children are, right? So it caused me to think and had me thinking about my own children. My husband and I have five children that we raised. And when they needed something, guess what? They didn't even hesitate to ask. Sometimes they needed things that were very expensive, but not one time did they even worry about where we were going to get the money for whatever they needed. That wasn't their job. It was our job to figure out where the money would come from. It was their job as kids to do what? Just simply ask. So today I want to talk about worry about nothing, pray about everything. You see, in the same way, it's not your job to figure out how God is going to provide. It's your job to do what? What do you think it's your job to do? Simply ask. It's not your job to figure out how God is going to provide. It's your job to simply ask. When you worry, instead of asking, you're acting like, a, like an atheist, like someone who believes they don't have a heavenly father. Worry is practical atheism. Hmm. In other words, living your life like God doesn't exist or can't be trusted. Wow, that's powerful. The Bible is clear. God wants you to come to him in prayer about everything. Everything. James 4, 2 says, you do not have because you do not ask. Worry less, excuse me, worry less and ask more. Instead of worrying, pray about everything. The word of God says in Philippians 4, 6, be anxious for nothing, but in everything by prayer and supplication with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known to God. Did you get that? Did you get that? Let me see that again. Be anxious for nothing, but in everything by prayer and supplication with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known to God. Did you get that? God wants you to come to him in every situation. 
You can talk to him about everything, no matter how big or how small it seems to you. Romans 8.32 says, He who did not spare his own son, but delivered him up for us all, how shall he not with him also freely give us all things? God has solved our biggest problem. You know what our biggest problem is? Mm-hmm. It's sin. God has solved our biggest problem and everything else is small by comparison. So you see, if God loved you enough to send Jesus to die for your sins, don't you think he loved you enough to help you with your finances? Don't you think he loves you enough to help you with your health? What about your relationship with career decisions, with deadlines? God is is interested in every single area of your life. In fact, he already knows what you need. But guess what? He still wants you to ask him for it. Are you ready to reduce the stress in your life? God is waiting for you to come to him with your knees. Choose to worry about nothing and pray about everything. In my journal, uh, the cover of my journal, I I enjoy reading and I say it often. And the front of the, the cover of my journal says, In happy moments, praise God. In hard moments, seek God. In quiet moments, trust God. In every moment, thank God. You see, we have to trust him with every aspect of our lives. So I ask you again, are you ready to reduce the stress in your life? God is waiting for you to come to him with your knees. Choose to worry about nothing and pray about everything. I have a question for you. Have you trusted Jesus with your life? The Bible says you can only get to heaven by trusting in God through his son, Jesus Christ. You cannot earn your way to heaven. Absolutely not. It is by grace you have been saved through faith. And this is not from yourselves. It is the gift of God, not by works, so that no one can boast says Ephesians 2, verses 8 and 9. Again, it says, It is by grace you have been saved through faith. And this is not from yourselves. It is the gift of God, not by works, so that no one can boast. So, if you're ready to confess your sins and to trust Jesus with your life, start with this prayer. Dear God, You have promised that if I believe in Jesus, everything I've ever done wrong will be forgiven. I will learn the purpose of my life and you will accept me into your eternal home in heaven one day. So Lord, I confess my sin. I submit to Jesus as my Savior and Lord. Jesus, I want to follow you. I want to serve you. I humbly commit my life to you and ask you to save me and accept me into your family. In your name I pray. Amen.
Educational Tuesday. It's amazing how things just turn out, you know. This is not replacing cup of encouragement because that too is still very much new and in line for 2022. So in the absence right now of cup of encouragement, it's motivational Tuesday. Just dawned on me this morning and was thinking, well, motivational Tuesday, what can one say about it? And then I was led to, in my quiet time, the following scripture. Deuteronomy 32, verse 1 through to 4 where it says give ear o heavens and i moses will speak and let the earth hear the words of my mouth my message shall drop as the rain and my golly do you know that it was raining today that's the beauty of god trying to get what it is that he wants to say to you and me today My speech shall distill as the dew, as the light rain upon the tender grass, and as the showers upon the herb. For I will proclaim the name and presence of the Lord, concede and ascribe greatness to our God. He is the rock, his work is perfect, for all his ways are law and justice. A God of faithfulness without breach or deviation, just and right is he. And then, dropping in my spirit came motivational Tuesday, you see. And how does that simply tie up and align with you and me today? is that we always acknowledge God, give glory to God, give honour to God, respect to God. Because the Bible is a book, the book of law, the book of revelation, the book of regulations to you and me. And it beautifully ties up to what with love from the UK sent through to me. She posed the question, does the Bible and science agree? And like me, I dig a little bit further, you see. And that's how the beauty of Nuggets in Your Day came into being. With love from the UK, we collaborate together, you see. And that is what Motivational Tuesday brings forth to you and me. That when we listen in our quiet time, in the stillness of the night, God does speak, be it at night or during the day or whatever part of the day it is. 
if we are but still. There is an assurance given to you and me that if we keep our eyes fixed on him, he will give us the key. He will lead us to all paths of truths just for you and me. So I don't know where Motivational Tuesday will be heading to in 2022. But when God speaks, He leads, He guides you into all truths. Motivational Tuesday. For you and for me. Oh yes, and not forgetting a dollar that I will leave with you at the end of the day and at the end of this episode of Motivational Tuesday. You still can have in the midst of the best of times and the worst of times, the right perspective and the right perspective changes everything. Welcome to the Focus on the Family broadcast, helping families thrive. Today we have a biblical encouragement for you from our guest, Crystal Evans-Hurst. Crystal is a very dynamic speaker, blogger, podcaster, and the author of She's Still There, Rescuing the Girl in You. She's also a homeschooling mom and a grandmother. Here's Crystal Evans-Hurst speaking at a Woman of Joy conference in Myrtle Beach, South Carolina, on today's Focus on the Family. Listen, I love it to be in a room full of women who love Jesus and who are taking the opportunity to be in a room with uh, women who also love Jesus because something happens when women get together to sing praises, to let it all hang loose, and to just have a good time. Are you having a good time so far this weekend? (laughs) I'm so glad to be here with you. My husband is floating around somewhere in the building. Normally, I leave him home with uh, our boys, and they are all happy that I'm gone because then they do things that they don't think I know about, but I know. I see the uh, folded up cereal boxes in the trash can, you know, the frosted flakes that I don't buy, the cocoa puffs I don't buy, the Lucky Charms that I don't buy, the wrapper from the honey buns. I know what they're doing when I'm not there. I always just ask him, hey, when I come back, can you just make sure that everybody's alive? And so I'm really grateful to him most of the time for um, sharing me uh, and letting you borrow me for a weekend or two here and there. But this weekend he's with me, so I just wanted to honor him. We have five children from ages 30 to 13. I don't know how that's possible because I'm not even 30 yet, but whatever. (laughs) We also have... Uh, three and a half grandchildren. Uh, they call me Chrissy because I didn't officially give them a grandmother name and all my nieces and nephews call me Chrissy. So I'll take that for now. It's fine. We have two boys still at home. Everybody else is either in college or out of the house. 
and the two boys are teenagers. I have teenagers in the house and I am happy about it. What I always tell them though is that uh, when they are looking at me like, like, you know, and I really do believe that there's a point in the lives of young people where when you're the mom, especially when you're dealing with um, those of the male species, it doesn't matter what I say, all they hear is wah, 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 wah. And they give me these crazy looks like they don't really understand what I just said. Um, and then I make sure that I tell them, you're the one who's crazy, not me, not me. You're the one with the raging hormones. You're the one who's trying to figure out who you are. You're the one that is trying to figure out what you're gonna do when you get all of the freedom in the world to leave our house. But I actually am not the crazy one you are. And that's okay, I love you anyway. A dear lady that I don't know in an elevator one day was asking me about the ages of my children. And I told her at the time, my oldest was 13. She said, can I give you some advice? And I'm gonna give you this advice for free. I said, sure. She said, just feel sorry for her. I said, what do you mean? She said, well, would you want to go back and go through all that? I said, probably not. She said, exactly. So whatever it is, just tell her, I'm so sorry that you're going to have to be on punishment this weekend, but I love you. I'm so sorry you have to finish what's on your plate, but I love you. I'm so sorry you don't like what I said, but I love you. Or in the case of my daughter, I'm so sorry that your room does not have a door that's on the hinges because it's my room, not yours. I'm so sorry. <laughs> And I just realized that my 13-year-old is turning. You know, there's a point in time, and it could be, so depending on the kid, it could be 11, 12, it could be 15. Um, it, there's, a, there's a time where you look at them and you go, oh, it's happening to you. Does anybody know what I'm talking about? You just, you just start seeing it's just a turn. I looked at my baby boy and I said, oh, you're turning on me. And he said, no, I'm not. I said, yes, you are. This is the baby who has been tracking with us with all the other things because you know when you have a bunch of kids and the younger kids come along, I don't care what you think you're doing with those older kids in terms of scheduling and being official and having all of your ducks in a row. When those younger kids come, they just got to do what everybody else is doing and catch a nap where they can. And so this is the youngest child who used to go with me to all the sporting events and he was just easy and uh, he still is pretty easy. There was a season where we were playing football and we're homeschool parents on accident now for 20 years. Every year I look at my husband and say, are we still doing this? He says, I guess so. I say, okay, well, I guess so. Um, I used to stress out about it, but three of them now have gone to college. So I must be doing something right. The baby, though, has been tracking with us to all these homeschool football games. And when you play homeschool sports, or maybe you know this to be true because of private school sports, you really just have to go where you can play. So that often means we're going far distances to play games. On one particular Friday night, we were going about 45 minutes away from our home. We took two separate cars. My husband took the two older boys, and I said I would come later with the younger one. Um, we drove all those, those two cars out north. Uh, we live in the Dallas-Fort Worth area, and we won the game. It was great. Uh, after the game, we decided to go to Whataburger because after the game in Texas, we go to Whataburger. And my children are so very excited. I don't typically buy soda in our home. It's kind of a special guest uh, Sunday big family have uh, hospitality thing. And other than that, we don't really have soda in our house. So it's a big deal on Friday night after football to go to Whataburger. And my children get the big size and they go to the spigot. And my youngest son just looks at me smiling while he says, because he wants to get all the different flavors of soda. Now, when you were young, did you do that? Where you just filled up with all the different flavors? What do we call that? 
There you go. And I don't even know why we do that, because it's nasty. But I think when you're younger, it's just the idea that you can have all the flavors and do whatever kind of mixture you want. And so he got all the flavors and um, was just smiling at me while he was doing it, because he was so excited. Came, sat down, ate his burger, ate his fries, drank the majority of his soda. When it was about time to go, uh, he said, Mom, before I go, can I fill up my soda again? I said, sure. So he went back there, filled it up again because he wanted to make sure that he took this opportunity to drink as much soda as he possibly could. So we get in the car. Uh, he and I are traveling home uh, by ourselves, and the traffic is horrible, y'all. It's a Friday night, and there should not be traffic on the Dallas tollway, but there totally was. And I'm just riding my brakes down the tollway thinking, it's already been a long night. We already spent extra time after the game going to Whataburger. I cannot wait to go home. You know that feeling that you have when you're in traffic and you don't even know why you're in traffic, but at some point the traffic breaks and you may never even know why the traffic was happening. You don't see the accident. You don't see the car on the side of the road. You just know now I can go. So the car in front of me obviously got the signal that it was time for him to go. So he hit his gas and I looked at him and thought, this is awesome. I've been sitting on my brakes for the last 30, 45 minutes, hardly even making any headway to get home. And as soon as he took off, I took off. Well, he misjudged how fast he should have been going. So he took off and then immediately hit his brakes really hard, which meant I then had to hit my brakes really hard. Now the good news is, I had my seatbelt on, my son had his seatbelt on, but there was one thing in the car that did not have the seatbelt on. Y'all, that soda from Whataburger went flying forward, it splashed against the front of my windshield, and all of that juice came ricocheting off the windshield back onto my face, into my hair, into my purse, all over my car. But y'all, I'm a good mother, I'm a good mother. So the first thing I said out loud in my, out of my mouth was, baby, are you okay? Well, I don't think my son was a good son that day because the first thing out of his mouth was, my son! And that really upset me because I'm thinking, not only am I damaged by your soda, you're not damaged by the soda, you're in the back seat. My car still to this day, there's a button in my car that if I press that button, it sticks, which means it shortcuts the electric circuit for everything else and none of the other buttons will work still. I have cleaned that thing with alcohol, stuck Q-tips in around it, put a knife in there trying to clean it up, it's still stuck. Y'all, this was like seven years ago. The button's still <laughs> sticking. But you know what? The car has paid off, so it is what it is. I'm not. <laughs> but I was also upset because to me, of course, my vantage point as a mom, his vantage point as a young, young man, my vantage point is that we are okay. You're okay. You had your seatbelt on. And that's why I said that to him. I said that to him because I know that had I not hit my brakes or had we not had our seatbelts on, this could be a story that did not end very well for our car or for our lives. And I'm thinking, as I'm looking at him, you totally have the wrong perspective. Boy, I need you to be grateful. I just saved your life. You had your seatbelt on. I saved you from impending injury or impending death. And all you can think about is that doggone soda. And that's not the last time you're going to have it. And there's more where that comes from. 
but I saved your life. And sometimes, y'all, I wonder if God doesn't look at us girls when life stops suddenly for us or when we run into uh, unexpected traffic or when we have to hit the brakes hard because something in front of us is uh, not doing what we expected it to do and something in our lives flies off the handle, does something we don't expect. And when God looks at us and he's saying, girl, listen, I know you're okay. You have the seatbelt of God, the seatbelt of the blood of Jesus Christ holding you in and guaranteeing your life. And you are crying over something that's spilled. And I need you to get correct perspective because I've saved your life. And probably what you're crying over, there's either more where that came from or you don't need to worry about because you'll have everything you ever want in eternity with me. I need you to get correct perspective, girl. So what I want to do this morning is just to walk you through a passage of Scripture in hopes that it helps your perspective. Now, I realize, I understand it because I, in my own life, I know what it is to have things spill. Something that you hold precious and dear, something that you thought you'd be able to enjoy for longer than you had it, something that you desire to, in, to, uh, to, to have uh, in your possession or something that you're looking forward to, and it slips right through your fingers, and it's disappointing, it's discouraging, it's depressing, and you are honestly more focused on the thing that you thought you'd have than the God who gave you the life to have it. I know what it is like to have the feelings and the emotions that say in a certain moment, God, are you serious? Because in that moment, listen, my son was mad at me for hitting the brakes. He did not have correct perspective that by me hitting the brakes, I actually was saving his life. And sometimes that's what happens when God allows the brakes in our life to be, to be hit suddenly and we are just feeling the ricochet, the pain, the frustration of what has happened and we're not paying attention or we're not knowledgeable of the bigger picture because the Bible says his ways are not our ways, his thoughts are not our thoughts. And we have to realize that sometimes things are happening in our life and we don't know why. We don't have an answer. We don't have an explanation. But we can always choose to have the right perspective. In Ephesians chapter 2, there's a series of verses that talk to us about what it means to have the correct perspective. So I would like to read for you actually Ephesians chapter 2, verses 1 through 10 in the message paraphrase, because I love how this reads and the picture that it paints for us. It wasn't so long ago that you were mired in that old stagnant life of sin. You let the world, which doesn't know the first thing about living, tell you how to live. You filled your lungs with polluted unbelief and then exhaled disobedience. We all did it, all of us doing what we felt like doing. When we felt like doing it, all of us in the same boat. It's a wonder God didn't lose his temper and do away with the whole lot of us. Instead, immense in mercy and with an incredible love, he embraced us. He took our sin-dead lives and made us alive in Christ. He did all of this on his own with no help from us. And then he picked us up and set us down in highest heaven in company with Jesus, our Messiah. Now God has us where he wants us. With all of the time in this world and the next to shower grace and kindness in Christ Jesus upon us. Saving is all his idea. It's all his work. All we do is trust him enough to let him do it. It's God's gift from start to finish. 
We don't play the major role because if we did, we might go around bragging that we've done the whole thing. No, we neither make nor save ourselves. God does both the making and the saving. He creates each of us by Christ to join him in the work he does, the good work he has gotten ready for us to do, work we had better be doing. I want to walk you through verse 10. For we are his workmanship, created in Christ Jesus for good works, which God prepared beforehand so that we could walk in them. Because I want you to remember to keep the right perspective, even when life is not doing for you what you'd like for it to do. It's not giving what you'd like for it to give. You still can have in the midst of the best of times and the worst of times, the right perspective. And the right perspective changes everything. We are his. My oldest daughter went to college at Baylor University, which was at the time about an hour and a half from our house. So I would dart down there every now and again to see her just because I could. One particular Friday afternoon, I called her. I said, hey, what you doing? Um, she told me she was about to be done with her last class. And I said, well, I'm going to come down and see you this afternoon. I'm just make a drive down there and drive back. She said, great. So I got in my car, y'all. And on the way there, I drove through Sonic because Sonic Ice is a gift to the body of Christ. <laughs> Let me tell you how I order it. I get a large Route 44 cup of ice and then I get a medium sweet tea because really, I don't need that much sweet tea. I just need mostly the ice and the sweet tea to make it go down and keep it cold. It's great. So I created my own concoction in the car, uh, got in the car and started driving down to the school. When I got to the school, I got my Route 44 out of the car and walked up to her room. When I walked into her room, she uh, hugged me. She was glad to see me. I proceeded into her room with my Route 44 in my hand and was looking for a place to put it down. I saw her desk, it was fairly clean, so I set it on the desk. She runs over to the desk and picks up the Route 44 and says, Mom! And she grabs a paper towel, folds it in a square, puts it on her desk, and then sets my Route 44 on her desk. And I'm just in shock, because I, I don't even know why, I don't, I'm even shocked that she cares. Why do you care? She said, Mom, you're gonna mess up my desk. Now, the first problem I have with this is, it ain't your desk, girl. That's number one. This is a desk that you're only going to have for this, even this year, and then you're going to change dorm rooms or move off campus and do something else. Number two, I'm in shock because why do you care? You're the same kid that was putting glasses all over my furniture at home. I had to tell you all the time, please don't put that glass on that wood because the condensation from the outside of the glass is going to mess up my stuff. And you never cared. So why all of a sudden do you care? I can tell you why she cares, because she thought that it was hers. And I'm sitting there looking at her like, not only are you not even going to have this next year, the only reason why you have it this year is because I wrote the school a check. Are you crazy? <laughs> Perspective. But in her mind, because she thought it was hers, she decided she was going to take care of it. My boys uh, recently, um, in the last few years, I, I just looked at them and said, I'm done. I'm done with the video games. I'm not buying you any more consoles, no Wii, no PlayStation, no Switch, no nothing. I'm done. I'm not buying any games. I'm just, I'm sorry. I'm just, I'm sick of it. And um, they were in shock because what else are we going to get for Christmas besides technology? So I saw them one day, a couple days after Christmas, huddled up, having a conversation. They were just sitting like really talking deeply. And then as I got closer, they kind of got quiet. Like, they didn't want me to hear what they were talking about. 
So I kind of backed up, but you know, they don't know that we moms, our ears are super strength, super powered. What I realized they were doing is trying to figure out how they were gonna use the gift cards and cash that they had gotten from cousins and aunts and different people, grandparents. They were gonna pool their resources to buy the PlayStation that their mother didn't get them. So they pooled their resources. I've never seen them work together and cooperate so great. It was amazing. I said, yeah, y'all can do whatever you want. I'm not buying it. So they did. They pooled their resources together and bought a PlayStation. They were negotiating who's putting what in and who's going to buy the controllers. Y'all, that thing arrived. They were so careful with how they set it up. And they, they put the controllers in the right place. No one had to ever tell anybody else to find the controller. They knew where it was. Every time they finished playing, they would roll up the cords all nice and neat and put everything exactly where it's supposed to be because they paid for it. Then one time we were going out of town on a road trip and they said, well, when we get to the hotel, will the hotel have connectors for our PlayStation? I said, I don't know. I, I don't know. I don't know. All of a sudden, the communication skills went through the roof. The research skills went through the roof. One Googled the number to the hotel. The other one made the phone call. Excuse me, can I speak with someone at the front desk? Uh, we need to know if you have HDMI connections as well as left and right sound out stereo. I'm looking at them like, oh, wow. <laughs> Then when we got ready to go, they didn't just pack the PlayStation. One kid brought out the original bubble wrap, another kid brought out the original box, so they wrapped it back up and they put it in the box, and then they were negotiating who's carrying the actual console, who's carrying the remotes, and who's carrying the games. And I was like, I should've been parenting like this a long time ago. This is phenomenal. Do you wanna know why they were acting like that? The same reason my daughter was acting that way with my Route 44. They thought it belonged to them. When you think something belongs to you, you take care of it differently. There's a difference in how you take care of the repairs that are needed for an apartment than a home. It's different. You, it's different when you're in a hotel room versus when you're in a, 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 a lodging that you take care of and that you're responsible for. It's different and it is different in the same way with God. He takes care of what belongs to him, which means he takes care of you and I. So I realize that there are times in your life where there may be things that spilled, things that you're disappointed about, things that have been depressing or discouraging, things that you were hoping to enjoy that you didn't get to enjoy as long or at all. And I realize that when those things slip through your fingers, when they make a mess in your life, the reaction is to think, God doesn't love me. He doesn't care. He didn't even allow me to keep the thing that I was so looking forward to enjoying or that I was so hoping that I would experience. And you have to remember that God takes care of what belongs to him. He takes care of you. Unless you think that he does not take care of you or that you don't belong to him, let me read some passages of scripture for you. Genesis 1.27 says that God created man and woman in his image. Psalm 24, 1, the earth is the Lord's and all it contains, the world and those who dwell in it. Psalm 100, verse 3, know ye that the Lord, he is God, and it is he who has made us, and not we ourselves. We are his people and the sheep of his pasture. Isaiah 43, 1, but now says the Lord, O God, your creator, O Jacob, and he who formed you, O Israel, do not fear, for I have redeemed you. I have called you by name. You 
are mine. 1 Corinthians 6, 19. Do you not know that your body is a temple of the Holy Spirit who is in you, who you have from God, and your body is not your own? You belong to him, and God takes care of those things, those people that belong to him. So when you are thinking in your life that things are falling apart, you have to trust the fact that even though it seems like what you want has slipped through your fingers, what you desire you don't have, what you had hoped for has not come to pass, that the most important thing is you, and you belong to God, and He is taking care of you. And I was thinking in the sun with my son in the car, as long as you're okay, I can buy you another soda another day. And I wonder sometimes if God is looking at you and I and saying, listen, I know it's devastating, but I can do at another time, exceedingly abundantly above and beyond everything that you could ask or think, Ephesians 3 tells us. Don't get too hung up on this. Because what if there's more to your life than this? You are his. So you've got to develop a holy confidence in who you are because of whose you are. You are his workmanship. Wow, that was so good, and we'll continue Crystal's message next time. I love the story about her kids taking care of their PlayStation because they had to buy it themselves, and that definitely is human nature. And it's a great illustration of the fact that God will take care of us in good times and bad because we belong to Him, and we are His workmanship, and we are His children if we've accepted Jesus Christ as our personal Lord and Savior. In fact, in the New Testament book of Matthew chapter 7, verse 11, it says, So if you sinful people know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more will your heavenly Father give good gifts to those who ask him? God wants to give us good things, but sometimes our circumstances don't line up with that promise. And so that can be so difficult. And if you're going through a hard time right now, we have a wonderful staff who would welcome the opportunity to talk to you and refer you to one of our caring Christian counselors if needed. They can also uh, call you back for a free one-time consultation and even help you find a like-minded counselor in your area. That's a service we've been providing for over 40 years as we help your family and others thrive in Christ. And let me give a big shout out to our donors who make our free counseling services possible. We couldn't do it without you. And if you haven't given to focus on the family, let me encourage you to do so today. You can do ministry through focus. And when you make a donation of any amount, we'll send you a copy of Crystal's book. It's called, She's Still There, Rescuing the Girl in You. If you're wondering what God planned for you, maybe you regret some of those decisions you've made in the past. This is the book for you. Crystal will show you how to become the person God intended you to be. So get a copy from us today. Right. Uh, we have the book, She's Still There. Uh, it's available when you call 800, the letter A and the word family, or follow the link in the show notes. On behalf of Jim Daly and the entire team, thanks for joining us today for Focus on the Family. I'm John Fuller inviting you back as we'll hear more from Crystal Evanshurst next time and once more help you and your family thrive in Christ. Well, we have come to the end of Super Soulful Sunday. 
I'm so glad that you could make it. I'm so glad that you can share. But wherever you are near or far, we value you. We appreciate you. You know, the Bible says, Ebenezer, thus far, God has indeed carried you. So as we are about to end our show, if there's anyone out there celebrating a birthday, an anniversary, or receive news of good cheer, happy birthday to you. Happy anniversary and congratulations to you. Not forgetting those who have lost a loved one or two. Our heartfelt and sincere condolences go out to you. So until the next time we meet, this is Into the Garden with Super Soulful Sunday and a huge thank you to Elder Angela Morris giving you and me a word so relevant today worry about nothing pray about everything and if this word has impacted you kindly share so that many lives can be changed many lives can be transformed we have so many soul poems, soul stories, devotions, testimonies on our podcast. Kindly feel free to share. Well, thank you for joining us once again in the very heart and soul of Into the Garden. From all of us here. Sayonara, dispedinia, adios, guligule. Farewell, adios. Adia, my slomatica vastila con, tashien, salamatingal, avidezain, arrivederci, anyang, spasiba, haved. To those tuning in from far and wide, thank you. And may your requests be met. Well, with a day such as today, buckle up, be safe, as the roads are wet. Yes, it might be cold, wet and chilly outside, but when you step into the garden, you are captivated. You are in awe. With a sure word, a warm embrace, when you seek his face, you feel the stillness, you feel the wand, you feel the presence of his glory and God's favoured grace. So, to all of you out there, 
Thank you once again. Take care. Until the next time we meet. Got